want me to wake up But I'm strangled in my You want me to shape up But in my dreams I found relief You want me to wake up But I've been out for so long Got plugs in my Hello, hello, this is Diego signing on to the CP Show with my host, Kathleen Gomez. Hope everyone is having a fantastic Saturday night. It's definitely been a busy week in the political world and we have a lot to talk about. We have a great show for you guys tonight with our very first guest, Lori Kilpatrick. How are you doing, Kathleen, tonight? Doing really good. You sound very animated and very happy. Oh, well, I mean, it's definitely uh, been, you know, it's been a really interesting week for sure. And so I'm definitely excited to kind of get into it and we can kind of uh, talk about everything that's been going on. It really kind of perfectly fits into what we're trying to do. Um, And for those that are maybe this is the first time they're listening in, um, we are all about we are starting the Know Your Vote initiative. Um, And basically what the start the whole point of that is that we want people, you know, obviously we want everyone to vote. And in 2018, the get out the vote initiative was fantastic. You know, we the best uh, way for democracy if everyone gets involved. However, even more important for democracy is to have a well-educated populace. Um, And so the know your vote, we want people to know who they're voting for. And we also want more people to run for office. So it's a two pronged. um, It's a two pronged effort. Basically, not only are we having people um, be more knowledgeable about who they're voting for, we also want it to make it more easier and streamlined for people to uh, run for office. So, Kathleen, I mean, is there anything you kind of really wanted to talk real quick about kind of this week and everything going on? Well, no, I do. I do think that everyone should be concerned about free speech. I can't believe that that would ever be an issue. But um for me, that's something I heard loud and clear. So we can always talk about that on a show when we don't have, you know, a guest. <laughs> but because that's a big discussion. But you know, um, I'm the end of the baby boomers, and this is just something that boggles my mind. How um, if you don't like what someone's saying, now you censor them or cancel them. I, you know, that's another thing: the cancel culture. Where before it was always, well, if you don't like what they say, you turn off the TV, you walk away, you don't have to listen. But now nobody can can even have free speech. So that, I, I don't want to get on my soapbox because this thing really bothers me. But I do want to want to I'm excited about um, our first guest because um, I'm from Cochise County. Lori Kirkpatrick is from there, too. And and um, I just want to talk a little bit about her. I'm really excited. She ran for two different uh, elected positions. And, and I'm, I'm really intrigued to see because it's very difficult to run against an incumbent. And um, so I'm excited to, to ask her questions. But first, I want to just give you guys a little bit of background about Lori. She um, grew up in a small rural southern farming community. She joined the Army right out of high school where she met her husband. And while they traveled, she got married, they traveled base to base. She started a family and became an Army wife and achieved a degree in education. Her husband's family had settled in Douglas, so when the family retired from the military, they went back to the area. And as a small business owner, Lori decided to run for Arizona State Senate. And even though she lost, she realized that her commitment to making a difference and changing what she saw as corruption within the establishment would not keep her from trying again. Recently, um, this past election, Lori ran for county supervisor of Cochise County. And once again, she encountered the difficulties running against an incumbent. You know, we're really honored to have her on our show tonight as we discuss the perils and the pitfalls and the accomplishments of running for public office. And before we continue, I just want to thank Gloria and her husband for their um, their years, for their service. And, you know, back in the day, I used to work on the um, Armed Services Committee and worked a lot on issues for military families. So it's not just when, say, a husband or a wife are in the military. The whole family serves, too. So a lot of times we forget that it's the children or it's the spouse 
who serves right along with whoever's in the service. So, and one other thing before I bring in Lori, and I don't think people would realize this, but Cochise County is um, actually, Cochise County is 4 million acres or 6,219 square miles, which is as big as Rhode Island and Connecticut combined. So the area that she is running from, Cochise County, can you imagine that? Connecticut and Rhode Island combined are as big as Cochise County, and it's very rural. So I'm really interested to, to talk to her. So, Lori, how are you? Are you there? I am. Thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm very excited about um, talking with everybody today. Thanks so much. We're, uh, we're really excited to have you on, and um, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, and kind of what we're really going into is uh, you – I know you ran uh, for two different positions. And so first off, if you don't mind just kind of briefly explaining what those two offices you ran for um, were. Um, I ran for state Senate. Um, It was actually an open seat. Um, However, um, there were three of us running for the Republican Party and then one person who ran um, on the Democrat ticket as well. Um, A former... um, um, Speaker of the House actually won the seat. So I was going um, against two that were, um, one that was actually um, in the House. He, he, he decided to run for Senate instead of for the House, and uh, which is part of the problem, one of the problems, because what had happened was we have term limits in, in Arizona, as most of you know. Um, but there's a loophole, and um, the incumbent when they reach their um, max amount of time, they can run for the other position for one seat, and then they can run again. So in order to keep Gail Griffin, because Gail Griffin had termed out as our senator, to keep her in office, the sitting House representative ran for Senate, gave up his seat, ran for Senate, and so that she could run um, unopposed for the house seat. Mm. And so, um, again, just a little part of the, the quirks <laughs> of, uh, of our wonderful political system and how those in power continue to stay in power. But, um, so I ran so for the that term seat. Limits. Mm-hmm. Oh. I was going to say, so the term limits are basically at one continuous time frame. So you can essentially, you, right. there is term limits, but it's not, it's just for continual amount. It, right. Seat. So you can sit out one one election and then run again for the same seat that you were in, or you can run for the other seat, um, you know, House. If you were running, if you were in Senate, you could run for House. If you were in House, you could run for Senate um, and just keep flip flopping back and forth. Wow. wow. See, that that's that's crazy, because when we think of term limits, we really think of them as limiting that person from really ever running for quite a while. In the same well, position, right? Oh, it's true. It's, we, the people, said we don't want career politicians. So we um, demanded term limits. In our minds, we've got term limits. And if you ask everybody, we got term limits. And yet they still keep voting. We still keep voting for the same person over and over again. And why, you know, you don't realize that, you know, okay, term limits are not applying here. But, but you ask anybody, yes, we have term limits. But it, it, our politicians put that little loophole in there so that they can continue to play around with the system and just stay in power. That's actually ask- really interesting that you brought that up um, because uh, it's, you know, with everything going on actually um, today, specifically in Russia, they actually, the Russian government actually has the exact same system where um, you, there are term limits for the presidency, but it is uh, the same thing where it's continuous. So, a big mm-hmm. issue people have is that um, Putin ran eventually, uh, initially, and then Dmitry Medvedev um, then followed him, and he was his second in command, kind of like a vice president. And then mm-hmm. once he did his one term, Putin ran again. So mm-hmm. it's actually really interesting that uh, that I didn't know that, but that kind of is, uh, you know, we got a little bit of some uh, something like that coming on here in in Arizona. It's it's just really sad, you know. It's mm-hmm. sad that we the people have allowed it to continue, that we don't put a stop to it. You know, we have that power 
and yet we still sit back and pretend like we don't, and we allow it to continue. Well, for when you ran for Senate, can you explain, like, was that a, a quite a large district, or I'm I'm not even sure what that's what the Senate uh, district is made up of. Well, the state is divided up into legislative districts um, at the state level. So um, just like the county is divided up into three districts, you have mm-hmm. District 1, 2, and 3, so you have three supervisors. Um, right. and the state is divided up into um, legislative districts, and we have 15. We're legislative uh, district 14. It includes all of Co- almost all, completely all of Cochise County, um, all of... Um, Graham County, all of Greenlee County, part of Graham County, and um, part of Pima County. So it was huge. I put 60,000 miles on my car in four months. Wow. <laughs> wow. For, mm-hmm. for those um, maybe that aren't familiar with the counties of Arizona, basically this is the southeastern corner of, um, of Arizona. So if you're looking kind of at the map, um, it's the bit that uh, is closest to Mexico and New Mexico. So just wanted to give an FYI out to everyone listening there. Um, and then, Lori, I did have kind of a question. One thing, a big thing uh, with uh, candidates' platform and the Know Your Vote initiative, a really big thing we want to get into is we want to basically make it more comfortable and more streamlined, um, the actual process of running. And um, as it is now, as I'm sure you're very well aware, um, it's not exactly a very intuitive and smooth process. So I was wondering if from more on a tech Central um, standpoint, explain mm-hmm. how it was to just not even to run, but just to basically get on the ballot to run. It's it's um it's complicated, it's confusing, and yet it's <laughs> it's um you just you it's hard to figure out each step and what you have to do. Um, state is different from county. Um, I'm sure federal is even has its own issues um, or own steps that are different. So um, it, they have these lists that you can find and, and sort of muddle your way through. Um, but even those are a little bit more complicated. It, it's hard to figure out where to go to find everything, and it's hard to find the right people to help you if you're an outsider, if you're not and part I of guess- the establishment. Perfect. And so kind of, um, you know, obviously it is very, like you said, very kind of complex and strange and, and, and not easy to use. Um, what was the kind of initial thing? Was there like a single kind of like straw that broke the commas back? You said, you know, I'm going to run. This is, you know, this is ridiculous. Or was it kind of a more of a slow build for you? I think it was a slow, a slow build. I think it sort of followed the peak of, um, of all of us kind of waking up a little bit. I mean, there's been, a, a, I think, a movement really of all of us starting to wake up and pay attention a little more. Um, uh, we've had, what, five decades of everybody just being complacent and yeah. um, you don't question authority and the government is what the government is and, and they're doing the best for us type of mentality and we just comply. We just accept. And then I think the wars, the, you know, just all the social issues, everything is just sort of, it sort of started peaking about, what, six years ago? Everybody just, oh, there's a lot of us that just sort of started getting angry. What's happening? Why are we losing our liberties? Why are we not having a voice? Why is all this corruption with our politicians, and yet they stay our politicians? Um and the anger, the everything, it just built up, built up very slowly. And then um, I remember when the night Trump won, and I went to bed that night. I, did, I just said, "There's no way he's going to win. The the establishment, the the system is so corrupt. It's over with." You know, I think I expected four years ago when Trump won for the same results we had with Biden, the actual corruption to take over. And um, I I don't think they were ready for so many people to say, look, we want something other than establishment players. You know, it doesn't matter if we like them or not, we want something different. We're tired of the same old corruption. And, And when he won, it was just like, you know, we can make a difference. 
I said, mm-hmm. and, and, and then I looked into myself. I said, well, if we can make a difference, who is we? Well, it's me. And, you know, I've been, I was very blessed. Um, my husband is a wonderful man and, and he, he pays our bills and, and my son came home, uh, moved back to the area as well and he helps run, um, our, our family business. And I said, you know what? I've been blessed. I have the ability to have the time and, and money to, um, to run for office and to stand up and try to help my community and help um, fix things. And that's what I wanted to do. I went in with a very idealistic attitude and, and, and hopes and dreams and, and everything that goes with that when you, when you think, okay, we can do this, we got this, and that's what led to it. So it was kind of a sudden burst. I just said, you know what? The House, the Senate seat is open. I'm going to run for the state Senate. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to show them how it's done. <laughs> well, and that's and that's kind of um, so great because because we really do need people um, who are kind of like you and and kind of we have seen you know both with the kind of the rise of Bernie and, and the squad on the left on the left side of things and then with Trump and um, a lot a lot of I mean Matt Gates there's tons on the on the right side um, of a more you know kind of uh, anti-establishment kind of group of people and the, but the one big caveat to that is that it is at this moment limited to people who either you know are fortunate enough to kind of be able to um to not work and, and, and are able to uh you know have an income stream elsewhere or who are you know people who are funded kind of by political you know uh grassroots organizations but what we really want and i think is that we do want obviously people who are passionate but we'd like also to make it in easier to use and, and cheaper and, and more intuitive so that basically everyone, regardless of um, where you are, kind of uh, what position you're at, you're able to run. And so I think that that's really great because the points you hit kind of hit the nail on the head with um, just kind of how it was kind of, you know, business as usual until Reese very recently, last, you know, 10 years uh, for sure, where people kind of got fed up. Right. Well, you know, that brings me into to the whole thing. When you were thinking of running, what did you think about having how you were going to organize yourself? I mean, did you think, do I have to get a campaign manager? How am I going to do social media? How do I reach out to the rural committees, rural communities? That, did you get a little bit overwhelmed by that? Or did you somehow, because I guess the first step you have to take, of course, is to get your signatures for the ballot, right? And, and how did you go about doing that in such a rural area? Um, 60,000 miles is how I did that. Um, <laughs> That's how you did it. <laughs> you know, um, did, I, did I think about it? I, you know, no. I don't think anybody's prepared. Any of us that are normal, normal, what, that's not really the right word, everyday, hardworking Americans out here, um, we don't realize what it takes is it's not an easy thing to run for office finances aside um i ran through um um green um clean elections i'm sorry um with um the senate race that wasn't offered for a county level but um and the clean elections is is kind of a way that can level the playing field somewhat um i'm not sure if you know what that is um so yeah, while explain you're it getting, to the, explain it to well, the people, our listeners. It, it's actually paid for by the people, so um, which is kind of a double-edged sword too. And and there's pros and cons to both ways. So um, you know we can talk about the evils of it as well as the merits of it. But uh, overall, what it does is it it gives every candidate a chance to have funds that they need to run. So you'll get X amount of fun. You raise $5. You get um, so many $5 donations from individuals. And then the state, through um, traffic violations, um, has a fund that's set up, and they give these candidates that get the, the amount that they have to get uh, $5 donations, they'll give them, I think it was like $17,000 um, for... Once I got my donations, the however many donations it was I needed to get, um, 
to run for the primary. So it gave me a certain amount of funds, and I could not accept any other funds from anybody else over a certain amount. So it limited my fundraising other ways, but it guaranteed I had a certain amount. And that might be a way to ensure that anybody can run, and it eliminates the big dark money and the um, big lobbyist money that a lot of the candidates get to to keep people from challenging them, the establishment get to keep um, other candidates from challenging them and being able to compete against them. Well, Unfortunately, the one thing that we're really working so what we're really working on is actually kind of uh, in line with that. Um, and I'm not sure how much, Lori, you kind of have heard about it, but uh, just kind of a brief, brief explanation. Um, candidates platform is basically going to be kind of a, a social media, if you will, for specifically for elections. Um, okay. So basically what that does is that you can go on and if you're, let's say, in um, Cochise County, we'll just put uh, Douglas, Arizona there. Um, you can log in and using your IP address, it'll locate where you are. And basically, you can pull up um, just everyone who is running for an office that you can vote for um, top to bottom. And okay. what it'll do is on top of that, it's not just, you know, kind of a, a list of, of those people. Everyone who is running can also create their own profile, um, sort of like a LinkedIn or Facebook. And then you can manage your page. And so... What someone can do is say, okay, well, who's running for, you know, um, the county controller um, or county supervisor? And mm -hmm. what you can do is then it'll say, okay, so a candidate A, B, and C are running, and then you can actually go and click on them. They'll actually link to their page. You can see, you know, the videos they want to put out, any kind of posts that they want to post, um, any endorsements they have. So perhaps if you're, you know, we do have people who have... Um, are really passionate about issues. So perhaps your your you know most important vote is uh you know two A rights or or um, clean elections or or border security or health you know free health care whatever that may be. Um, groups can actually say oh well you know I'm, if it's two A I'm endorsed by the NRA or if it's you know Medicare for all I'm I'm, in, I'm um, endorsed by Justice Democrats stuff like that. Um, and that's really the the point of it is just to Basically, instead of, um, as you said, you know, driving 60,000 miles, you know, knocking on doors, which uh, is definitely a little bit of an antiquated way of doing um, doing business. You know, we don't really have salesmen knocking on your door anymore, uh, you know. Um, so it's kind of crazy that we still do that with politics. Um, that's basically the whole point of it is that we can make an easier system, a more intuitive system, more accessible system both for people who, you know, um, such as, you know, in your case where it's a big rural county, instead of having necessarily to go everywhere. Um, and then this year kind of proving us with uh, COVID how so much can be done online through video um, s services, instead of maybe having to go drive, you know, 30 minutes somewhere, you can have an online town hall and people can ask you questions um, through their computer. And also we hope down the road to also maybe hold debates on our candidates' platform. And then I guess the next thing I wanted to ask you, what did you find was the most expensive thing in running a campaign? Was it ads in the newspaper? Was it, you know, that type of thing? What was your most expensive expenditure? Um, probably the advertising um, and finding the right advertising. There's so many mediums now um, and different groups use nobody uses everybody does not use the same avenue so some people read the newspaper some people listen to radio some people are on facebook some people um read magazines some people you know it, it, there's just so many mm -hmm. um and it was trying to hit enough of those to reach the majority of the people um, or to reach everybody, and it and it's very expensive. Newspaper uh, is is very expensive. About what did it cost you say to run? I guess like the biggest newspaper in say Cochise County would be the Service to Herald because I know our Douglas the Douglas paper that went out. You know a lot of these little mm -hmm. newspapers that used to really promote you know news in the community no longer exist. So say okay. if you placed an ad in Service to Herald. 
Um, what what would it cost you for a week? Um, well, then it gets into the size. It gets into how much, and if you once you add candidate to it, everything doubles usually in cost. Um, but they do run packets, you know, for candidates as well. So, five hundred dollars to a thousand a week, wow. you wanted to do, um, and how many papers and and things you wanted to hit, it it could get very expensive. What was the biggest, if you, the biggest hurdle, I, I guess I, that you would, I would say, coming out of you know your experience with either one? Um, I'm just kind of curious because, you know, it's it's not often we hear, especially from smaller races, you know, your more local races, we don't mm-hmm. hear a ton about it after the fact. So I was just really interested in what would be the biggest hurdle you had, kind of uh, with whichever one. Um, I think, you know. Getting to know, uh, for people to get to know me, you know, um, as as much as you, it's name recognition that wins races, um, especially at a state level. And and at the local level, I think um, I had a little bit more of the name recognition, but it was it was also meeting enough of the right people to help endorse my to give me an endorsement you know to say mm-hmm. um so just kind of that outreach really to kind yeah. of um, well i guess that's a hurdle too but I, but you know what i think that now that i think about it the probably the biggest hurdle of all is that little letter right after every candidate's name the d <laughs> or the r and and that became the biggest hurdle for me, mm-hmm. is to get Def- past that, and I, I just never got past, and I did not get past it enough. And that's yeah. really interesting because you know there is that um, kind of a bias, I would say, of uh, you know I'm I'm a Republican, and and you know you may like a lot of what someone says, but that that D or that R, especially if you don't really know in depth what that person believes in. Um, I think people have kind of got in their head, okay, well, you know, on, on the right-hand side, people think, oh, well, they got a D, they, you know, are probably yeah. a big, you know, big government mm-hmm. socialist type, and then you got, you know, on the other side, oh, well, he's just some kind of, you know, old-school bigot, and I think that's a mm-hmm. big issue, is that a lot of people, both on both sides, especially in the local, on the local election side, you know, they're, um, they're not really, you know, the, the, the D's and the R's are not really that connected to the big names in there because they're just everyday people. They're your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, well, our and, community you know, should not be about Democrats or Republicans. Our community is about our community. It's about what we need as a, as a group. And, and our, this one thing that I've always said throughout my, all my campaign was that our problems are in our communities. That's where we find our solutions. And it doesn't matter. I may have a certain idea of how I want to solve a problem or the issue, and you may have a way, but neither one is going to be right until we sit down together and we talk about it, and then we come up with the right one together. And and that's not found through D's and R's. And unfortunately, that still controls it. Yeah, abs- yeah absolutely. Well, um, I think we're going to go for a quick little break. Um, it's been, it, this has been really interesting, so we'll be right back. Um, for anyone in the audience, uh, if you do want to ask Lori a question or even just you know something in general about Canada's platform, the Know Your Vote initiative, the number to call in is 323-744-4831. That is 323-744-4831. We will be right back after the break.
Welcome back to the CP Show. I am Diego Vlasic. I have my co-host with me, Kathleen Gomez, and our special guest, Lori Kilpatrick. We were talking earlier about uh, the ins and outs of running for kind of local seats. Uh, She has run for both on the Senate and the uh, county level. And so we're just kind of having an in-depth conversation about everything to do with that. Um, The next question that I kind of had was we were talking previously about the two-party system. And um, I've done a little bit of I've done a little bit of work on some campaigns in the national level, um, on the federal level, excuse me. And the one thing I noticed, you know, is is the dominance of the two party system, the kind of red versus blue team, the the us and them of it. And it it gets very, you know, you have to put in so much to the party, and and, and there is a bit of this uh, motto, country over party. But when it comes to running for office, it is party over country all the way, um, and that's something we want to break. But one thing, Glory, um, kind of uh, I wanted to ask you was how was your experience dealing with kind of the one that strong culture of the two party system as well as kind of the corruption and kind of the, you know, you'd mentioned earlier uh, about the term limits, but kind of that, you know, uh, you scratch, I scratch your back, you scratch mine attitude that we get, especially kind of on the smaller local levels. Um, gosh, I don't know. big question (laughs) yeah um i you know i think that was my biggest disappointment you know um i've been i love my country i can remember um registering to vote the first time i can remember it being 18 years old i turned 18 in june and of course the election was in november um i can remember what i wore that day Standing in line, and am I getting feedback for you guys? No. Okay. No. I can remember. I can remember um, uh, the trees. I remember looking out as I stood in line and waited to vote. Um, Being an American has. I, I I loved the fact that I got to serve my country in the army. I loved the fact that I was a military wife. My son is active duty Army. Um, he's an airborne ranger, um, and he'll be retiring from the military in four years now. So he's, he's, he's an amazing young man. Um, my daughter served in the Navy. I, this country, I, we live in the greatest country in the world, and, and it's an honor. It's an honor that we, we owe something to give back, you know, to give back. So serving and to the ability to be able to run for office, I was so excited about it. And my biggest disappointment, I think, was the fact that I realized, because it's always been you versus us, them, us versus them, the reds versus the blues. And when I realized that just as many of us was doing the very thing that we condemned the thems for. And it doesn't matter which side you're on. If you can't admit that that's happening, then you're the, that's the problem. And, and we've got to find a way to stop that. And until we do, it, it, I will, the two-party system is what's destroyed this country. It's what's destroyed the American way, in my opinion. Well, I find that really interesting because, you know, most of the time when you're running, you, you know, if you start out, like, say, in, in, in a small town like Douglas and you want to run for city council, it's it's not so prevalent, the party. But when you want to get up and you get in, like, say, Tucson, you really kind of got to be do your dues within the party. You got to serve mm-hmm. on this and serve on that. So it becomes you kind of become entrenched into the party. And then the party decides whether it likes you enough that they're going to support you and, and carry you forward. So I understand completely what you say, because it's almost like if you don't walk the walk that they want you to walk, well, then you're out. Do you think that's I, true? It, well, no, it's very true. Um, I, when I first announced that I was running for state Senate, Senate um, there were some very important people that whispered it literally, I'm not even even exaggerating, whispered in my ear very quietly, you can't run for office. That's illegal. 
you're not and, and but don't tell anybody we'll see if we can't fix that and get it right and I'm sitting here what have I not done that I'm supposed to do you know I file there's nothing to file I'm getting signatures I've made my statement my announcement I've done everything and so I went home and I did my research again what am I what am I forgetting this person is telling me you know trying to protect me here no they weren't they were trying to make sure that I towed the line and I stepped back and that I didn't run. Yeah. And it's, that's the way, and it started that way. Um, that was the first week and it was several things from then on out that, that it, it, you get bullied, you get, you get pushed around and, and the money and, and I, there's just so much corruption. They don't want us paying attention. They don't want us running. It's that's actually really interesting because it's it's really it's indicative of of, of every level of politics. Um, mm -hmm. I actually have a really good friend of mine who is a staffer for a representative. I won't say the name um, in the House of Representatives, and uh, they were actually telling me that when this person started a couple years ago, there was actually uh, and they were a Republican. There, there was actually a bill that they wanted to work um, kind of support and work with some uh, Democrats on. And it, it, was, it was a bill that was just basically it was about um, minimum wage and kind of uh, modeling it after more of a mathematical equation and kind of taking the politics out of it. And uh, mm -hmm. he told me that uh, the, that that representative was told by um, kind of the caucus, the GOP, that even if they did like it, they were trying to get that person primaried, uh, primaried out. And so on the, on the Democrat side, they're trying to get that Democrat to lose the election. And so if they passed this bill there would get a lot of pub, uh, public so it was polling well and they get a lot of public support in that um, district and so basically to make sure to taint they wanted him to taint it and um, basically make it sure it goes nowhere so then the republican in that district would then win and it would make the democrat look bad and, and that's kind of exactly the same thing you were talking about where it, it, it is this two-party kind of you know um, system and, and it is this kind of big entrenched you know, uh, bureaucracy. And, and, and that's really, when it comes down to it, that's the thing we want to get rid of the absolute most, is make it so that you're not beholden to the party that got you elected, you're beholden to the people that got you elected. And what exactly. better way to do that than with the internet? <laughs> exactly. And I guess now this is my next big question. Now, um, I'm from, out to the audience that I'm from Cochise County, and uh, I was totally supporting you Lori because you, you I think what happens is when people it, it's amazing you know once they become an office get into office and they're in their term or so they think that they are so much smarter than the people that they know so much more and that they should make the decisions without consulting the people or getting feedback and 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 am I right I mean how do you see the incumbents um in, in your viewpoint for having tried to run against them and get elected? Well, I, I realize that there's, there's kind of two ways of thinking about it. Um, and, and you use the same word to describe both. Um, you, you work for the people. And, and that means, in my opinion, I'm working with the people. You know, if I was in, whoever's in this position, in a position, an elected position, you work with them. You find out what the community or the district, however you want to define that term, the people in that district feel about the situation, the issue, whatever it is that you're, you're looking for the solution for, and you follow that guideline. You know, I, I'm sitting in this position, and I want to know about whether or not I'm going to raise the taxes for more police service or more fire departments or, or funding for these things, right? How do I know what's best for you if I don't ask you? How do I know what's best for this community if I'm not in this community letting the people know, look, this is what's going to happen, X, Y, and Z. We're going to raise your taxes because we need more fire departments, you know, more fire staff. And, um, and, the people go, well, yeah, maybe we do, but quite frankly, we don't want that. 
in our community, or yes, we want that. And then I do what they want done, regardless of my personal opinion. I have a personal opinion like everybody else, and that matters, but it's the collective whole that matters the most. Other people in office think they're working for the people, but not with the people, that they were elected to make the decisions for them, not to bring up that this is the problem, I take care of it, I solve it, you go on about your, your own life, and you just deal with, I'll, I'll take care of it. And that's not how I see our country supposed to be. It's, it's a country of the people, and it's not a country of elected officials. It's a country of the people. We elect elected representatives to help us with that, but not to do it for us. Does that make sense? And oh, absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have those that think we're too stupid as a whole to make these decisions and we're not capable. I think the big thing with it is is I, I, the bright kind of light at the end of the tunnel, the bright side of this, is that we definitely, the, the awareness has been raised. Uh, on both the left and the right, people are fed up with the kind of, uh, you know, the, the grand old party and, and the, the kind of the corporate Democrat kind of side of things. And I, I am optimistic, you know, of kind of um, having these new, these primarily young people. I mean, you've looked at the two youngest people um to run for or to win their office on the nat on the federal level is um alexandria ocasio cortez and madison Coth uh cawthorn i think his name is um the uh the new one from i believe south carolina they're both very young and they're both kind of of that not of the establishment not of the same old things they're shaking things up they're doing new things and and i think people like you laurie more and more they want to run and, and so in that way you're a little bit ahead of the curve because <laughs> you saw this a couple years a couple years previously to everyone else um well i i hope you're right and and it is it is exciting to see um many young people um voicing opinions and 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 getting out and making a difference in changes and and bringing the issues out but what i do see is that uh, the establishment still wins. And, and so I'm going to say I'm very guarded and I'm going to be very uh, pessimistic about that prediction um, and say that what I saw is people who have been in office for 47 years are the ones that are winning. The ones that have been in office for 20 years and not a single person has a nice thing about, and this is local, this is local as well, not just at a federal level, you know, not a nice thing to say about that person. They know all the evils and they still get elected. Well, very, I'm sorry, Dio. I just want to follow up on one question. Now, Lori, I think that people also have to understand that you no longer can sit on your couch and just let everyone, these elected officials, just decide. You need to show up at these meetings, mm -hmm. like these county supervisor meetings. Is that something that you did? Because I know, and, and again, I'm speaking on uh, something I know about because you actually raised the concern for me when I found out they were going to get rid of this great logo we had for Cochise County, which was the Indian, you know, our, the Indian chief Cochise from the Apache Tribe. Oh, that's not on and, anywhere. Mark, mark my words. That's going to pop back up again here real soon. You think after everyone, you know, and to tell the audience, this was a great, this is a logo that's been there forever. It, it's something anybody that comes from that area feels very strongly about. And mm -hmm. in the incumbent decided, and there was three of them, they were incumbents, they just decided they were going to get rid of this logo. And if it, I don't think if it, if it wasn't for you, Lori, going to those meetings, and this is why I think people have to understand, you have to go to your meetings, whether it's a county supervisor, the, the city council, the school board, because you're going to find out what's happening. You found that out, and you kind of gave uh, a, a sounding alarm to everyone because nobody knew about it. Mm -hmm. I started talking about that um, a year before and I was, I was shot down. Everybody's like, no, this is about jobs. This is about advertising to get in everything. And I'm like, okay, we'll see how this is going to play out. But um, 
what they were doing was not about just the advertising and, and, and marketing and, and stuff. And so it took about another nine months and then the truth started coming out exactly what they were doing, but it falls back into um, how, you know, locally, and I'm sure this is in many ways how they run. We, we elect these, did you know, let me, this is off track a little bit, but did you know an elected official only has to, in the county, only has to work one day a month? What? They only have to show up one day a month. That's it. And they make and, how much? Well, it depends on the job. Um, the supervisor makes six, 63 a year. On average, that's, you know, I guess they, they, they all make a little bit different, 63 to 100 and something a year. I don't know. So oh if God. they're working one day a month, they're getting uh, 5000 for their for that day's work? <laughs> yeah. No, so, I mean, yeah. some of them work way more than that. And, and, right. and certainly, you know, and some of the positions certainly require, and you would know if they weren't in there more than that, you know. But but technically, that's all you have to do. Um, I, I did show up. I showed up. It, for a year, year and a half, I went to every supervisor meeting. I went, that was twice a month. I went to um, every every city council meeting. I went well, almost every. I mean, I did miss a few of those, but in every city that's in my district, I went to the school board meetings. I went to um, the work sessions. I talked with the different department heads and to learn and to see what the issues and what how, what was going on. I had big plans um, to um, set up meetings in every community monthly so that the people would have an opportunity to see what I'm doing. While the people, you know, you're right about the people needing to take the initiative and find out what's going on. But by the same token, we elect representatives because we have to work every day, you know. So there's a, it's up to them to bring the information to us as well. It's a, it's a two-way street. And so I need, I feel the elected official should also be present and accountable for to the community when the community can get there and after hours. And so I had these I had these plans for meetings for all the communities so that the people could reach me as well, know where I was. And I could say, okay, this week we're talking about these issues and this is what's coming up. Here's the solutions that this committee has come up with. What do you think? What do you want? You know, as well. So we don't have that anymore. The elected officials we have now do not feel that they need to, that they're really accountable for it to to the community, except during the election year. And that's exactly. just about awesome points, you know? And, and that's, you know, that really is kind of to the crux of it. Um, that is the issue we have is that, and I don't think you should have said any better, it's only on the election year when they have to kind of feign some interest in it. Um, and it's why when you see, if you check the Google trends for certain things on both the left and the right, all of a sudden every four years or every two years, um, these key words and key phrases and key issues pop up and everyone's talking about them and then it goes away until mm -hmm. the next cycle we rinse and repeat and that's the big thing with candidates platform that's what we're trying um as i say you know that's what we're trying to work on is we're trying to make it so that it's not just okay you know we're beholden to special interest or to we're beholden to you know the uh, the political parties or anything else it's really we want more um more kind of to shine a light on the local elections, the smaller elections you don't know, so that, you know, you can say, okay, well, let's see who this person is that's been in there. How long have they been in there? And, you know, mm -hmm. in your case, you know, um, Lori, if you're running, you can say, okay, well, this new person, you know, um, they, this is what they're talking about. These are the policies that they want to bring forward. This is what they're posting about. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, regardless of party, I think a lot of people, um, you know, would really want to see that and, and be interested in that because, you know, the big issues with the GOP and DNC that they take, you know, whether it's, um, you know, all the hot button takes, you know, Second Amendment, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, abortion, uh, abortion rights, um, medical, Medicare for all, none of that is on this county level. That's not decided well, at the county level at exactly. all. Exactly. You know? 
Um, so those issues don't really pertain. It's the small stuff, and that's, I think, um, something that you were talking about, Laura, you know, the stuff that isn't the hot-button issues. Mm-hmm. That um, still matters. Laurie, I know we're going to be kind of uh, closing out. We have about, I think it's about three more minutes. So do you want to take a minute? Is there anything that you'd like to say to the audience or encourage people to either go attend meetings or to, or to run for local office? You know, I, I just want to say, you know, it, it, it takes us all. You know, it takes us all to make our community work. We've all got to, we these decisions affect all our lives that, that happen at these local levels in the county and our cities. And we cannot complain or, or, or cry about something if we're not willing to stop and pay attention. If we're not willing to take a stand and, and make the change and create the difference. Um, you know, we, the people, have the power that we have because it's we the people that make the difference and and collectively we can take care of ourselves we can um, solve the issues in our community we just have to be willing to work together to do them and we need to elect the right people to te- to step up and and help with that who and the only way we do that is by electing people whose state is tied with our own and that means our neighbor, you, me, our small business owners, um, we each have a stand. And, and it may not be running for office. It may be running for and working with your um, local um, small business association or a small business alliance. It might be with the school board. You know, find your passion, your niche in the community, and let's do something together to fix it. And that's what we can do. So everybody, yes, I encourage everybody to to think about running for office. You may not want to, or you may decide on a different office, but at least consider it. And what a be- what not better place than to do it online with candidatesplatform.com. <laughs> so <laughs> that is exactly that is well, Lori. I wanted to thank you. Um, as we said, you know, thank you for your service with the military, and also thank you for running. Thank you for for doing that because that is the change we need to see. Um, and so I can't thank you enough. You have been an amazing guest. Um, thank you for coming on. I'd, I'd love to have you again. I do hope you run, and I hope everyone votes for. Uh, I hope everyone votes for Lori Kilpatrick. <laughs> well, I'm not running for any office anymore. I, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wears you out. I, I really, uh, I really just want to say to you, Lori, that you were phenomenal, and uh, I, I just followed you when I when I started to see what you were doing, and and I think I'd like to tell the audience that one of the things that's so important is that you go and attend these meetings, even if you don't want to run. You need to attend the meetings. You need to get off the couch, get away from the, the football, basketball, at least once a month, and go to a meeting, whichever one, like Lori said, is your passion. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, we each take a little part, and we do a little part, and then we help everybody else do their part, and we'll, we'll be okay. <laughs> well, I wanted to thank everyone for listening. This has been Diego and Kathleen with the CP Show. We will be back here the same time in two weeks' time. That's February 6th, uh, right before Valentine's Day. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell your crush to listen to the show next time. What a better <laughs> Valentine's Day gift. Anyway, I hope everyone has a fantastic Saturday, the rest of the Saturday night. Enjoy it. Stay safe out there.